1: Catch me up, How, how's 2021 been for you so far?
0: Uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. Um, you know, a lot of focused on uh, the oldest, getting her off to mm-hmm. school, uh, helping the youngest to navigate school as well. Mm-hmm. Um, transitioning from at work, uh, from the, we're still in COVID, we're still in the pandemic. So helping people okay. to understand, how do we take these steps? Um, keep everybody safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things are good, man. Uh, my side hustle stuff is going good. So yeah, it's going good. Got a lot going on. Just trying to make sure I got uh, everything that's on the plate is productive. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about you?
1: Things are, things are also going well um, in comparison to last year. And I, I know I'm, I'm down in Georgia and um, I guess I stopped listening to the news, but I know when I listen to it and hearing some people's takes, they're like, oh, you guys in Georgia, they're just goofy or whatnot. And I'm like, maybe, but I mean, people are... People are doing the best with what they've got. But um, this year, in comparison to last year, just spending a little bit more time, like being able to work. Like I I worked at the start of last year, but this year, after basically being off the last part of last year around this time, it's been nice getting back around people, being able to work, um, not only using my hands, but being able to have daily projects to do, starting them and finishing them. And that's a welcome change for me where a lot of times when you're doing um, engineering projects and things like that, you're doing a lot of things that are long term Mm -hmm. and you kind of get lost or I was getting lost in the minutia of things especially when you're talking about a nuclear project which is just wrapping up now and it had been going on for like 8-10 years but it's like if you're not taking care of your rest, your nutrition your physicality, your mental health, all of that just starts to be shaken really and fall apart so it's like all that stress you're under working six days 10 hours 12 hours every week for like three five years 10 years for some it's like you're not going to be able to sustain that long term Yep,
0: yeah yeah sleep is my. when i was down in arkansas and family was back in missouri sleep was my secret weapon because emotionally it was tough like how are you going to combat that you're going to combat it with what more emotion No, you combat it with emotional control and for me, that's making sure I'm um, my nutrition and my rest and working out. If I do those three things, I'm I'm good. It,
1: it's so it's funny because for some reason, I feel like um, I grew up playing sports throughout high school, throughout middle school. And I guess I, I just after a while going through college and kind of getting out of college, I neglected to understand the appreciation for that, because for me, it's like, sometimes I like I love being a, qu- a con- contrarian where it's like if I see everybody doing something and I felt like oh that was my thing now everybody's doing it. I'm like uh like even um Barry was talking about like people walking in the morning and um I was like I was getting excited like he was saying like get up in the morning three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock even six o'clock I was like okay it's still early but then after a while I started noticing I'm like okay there's like five ten fifteen people out here I'm like where would all these people show up from this is my time (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, kind of shaking that uh, ego so to speak now and being able to appreciate exercise and being like okay there's if everyone or if more people are doing it obviously everybody's not exercising and working out and being a trainer but like if more people are finding value in it i think it's worthwhile to validate what what we're doing to say um keep doing that and worry less about what somebody else is doing if someone's doing something like you like maybe go alongside them instead of being like uh like no, I'm only supposed to be the one working out or walking at this time. It's like, come on, dude.
0: Yeah, or switch it up. Start walking backwards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I guess on on that note, I'll I'll ask you one of the questions I always like to ask um, doing the podcast is to, and I thank you very much for giving me your time to join um, it's an honor to be able to um, interview you and also have you knowing you over the years and coming to know you through um, the prayer line M series and all. But um, my question to you is, who do you say you are? Who do I say I am?
0: I don't know if I say it. I let my actions show it. And what I like for people to see is someone who keeps their word. So from an integrity standpoint, I do what I say I'm going to do. From a character standpoint, whether you're watching or not, I'm going to be doing what I say I am about from a values standpoint. I'm about family and hard work and honesty and respect, I would say, are are, are pretty big with me. I am an analytical leader who likes to help others to win in a unique way uh, to a victory. And I'm always trying to grow
1: and learn. Awesome. Hey. I- I always I always love the answers that I get from um, others just because it's always unique because it's like you, you could take that so many different ways. And it's always good to just hear how people define themselves and where they come from and what what makes them them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So you're you're currently in Louisville, right? Yeah. Louisville, Kentucky,
0: working at the university and athletics department, uh, overseeing the health and performance for all the athletes. And I uh, work with uh, sports medicine, sports nutrition, sports science, sports performance, mental health, mental performance and team physicians.
1: Awesome. So how, how did you get there?
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> um, taking advantage of a lot of opportunities, uh, meeting the right relationships along the way, for sure. Um, having a vision, uh, knowing that I was actually a part of helping to create this vision, um, and, you know, just doing something that's challenging. I want to do things that, uh, I want to push the envelope. I want to be out there, um, leading the, the charge for change and, uh, doing things in a way that I know would have helped me and people like me, uh, former athletes. So, uh, just just uh, being a mentor and, and and a coach and a trainer, it was a natural progression to eventually be in a position where I'm coaching coaches or leading leaders.
1: Awesome. So, I mean, so you're you're currently working at the University of Louisville. So, um, how did you like? How did you get into athletics? Because obviously, it's like you you played, you you've been, you work out. Like your physique shows that. Like, how did you? Um, I'm trying to ask this in in an interesting way, but I guess when when do you remember the time that you first picked up the weights? Oh, wow. You know, I, I was I think I asked for my first weight
0: set at 10 years old. I don't know if I took him out the box until I was 13. Mm -hmm. And what made me think that that's what I wanted to do at 10 years old? Probably after my first year of playing Little League football, I realized that I had some deficits. So I'm guessing maybe I thought that lifting weights would be a way to do it. I don't I had an uncle who had weights in the basement. I had cousins who had some weights in their basement, and it always fascinated me when I would walk by and the weights were sitting there on the floor. They were meant to be, uh, they were meant to be lift lifted. Um, my dad had this gripper, uh, you know, he would always work on his grip. So I always thought of my dad as a big, strong person um, in my life. So for me, I think I knew that strength was important. Being strong was important. And a way you get that is through resistance. So resistance training or whatever it may be. And I knew that lifting weights for me was going to be part of my survival. Growing up in inner city Detroit, I knew that, uh, in order to protect myself, in order to survive, I was going to have to get stronger. Um, older kids in the neighborhood were obviously bigger and stronger. And for me, it's, it, it football was something I needed to help me to become more self-reliant rather than being the mama's boy. I was, I am. Uh, <laughs> I needed, I needed that. I needed, uh, you know, mom dropped me off at the football field for a reason and left me. Uh, there's a reason why she did that. There's a reason why the day I didn't want to go to practice, she told me the one thing that she knew I didn't want to do was be late. <laughs> she said, you much rather get on your bike and start pedaling right now. And I remember that was the last day I did not want to go to football practice. And mm. so I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, mom, I told her about that many years later. She said that was one of the hardest things she ever had to do was, was she knew um, it was the one thing I needed most at that time Um, being sociable, being, you know, uh, being physical, uh, all the confidence that comes from that. And uh, she knew, she knew it was important. She knew that having coaches, someone outside the house that was echoing the same message was important. Right. So uh, for me, weights and football kind of went together, and once I got to high school, uh, obviously it, it picked up a notch from there, and then um, even more so once I got to college. Uh, my goal was to play college football. I knew that being as physically fit and strong and fast and athletic as possible would mm. would uh, definitely help me. Nice.
1: And- It's interesting. Um, I guess I only played sports through high school myself, Um, did football. I wasn't the best at it. I guess I was kind of known as Butterfingers, but I had the physique of a wide receiver, but just not the the complete skill set when it came to hand-eye coordination with catching. But I'm curious, what position did you play?
0: In literally the best position you can put someone who is big and they don't know what they're doing is on the offensive line. Mm. And that's where I started. Uh, my first year, played offensive tackle, right tackle. Uh, my the next year, I played, I played center, which mm-hmm. was I I really love playing center. You get your hand on the football, mm-hmm. you start the play every play. You touch the football every play, and um, it's an, you're an inherent leader uh, being in that position. And by the time I got to high school, I got more athletic, got faster, and thought that it would be better if I played tight end, and so I did that for a little bit for. Oh, I was pretty good at it. Needed, um, probably like you said, more hand eye coordination, but I could catch the football. But it wasn't, um, we ran a system where we switched different packages. We didn't use our tight ends in the throwing package. We used it in the running package. Mm-hmm. And we ran a run and, run and shoot where I would have to switch to wing back to play, um, to be on the field during passing plays. Right. Um, so it, it was, it was, uh, that was fun. But then in college, um, you know, I, let me back up my, my senior year, I was playing tight end. The quarterback goes to the head coach after four games and says we have problems we have problems at the center position Uh, I want to I suggest we move Pat from tight end to center like hey I've got scholarships lined up to play tight end Mm. and and now I'm going to switch in the middle of my senior year to center I mean who does that and my goal was to play defensive end in college like how is that going to translate right well it it did it did I went all state in five games at center first team all state in five games and uh And obviously having that background in Little League from playing that position uh, made a big difference and uh, wanted to play defensive end in college, which was a huge learning curve uh, going from offense to defense. And it took me a few years to figure it out. Took me a long time to figure it out. I actually didn't start until my senior year in college and um, had a good enough senior year that I was uh, had the opportunity to be a free agent in the NFL.
1: Awesome. So you did make it to the NFL?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, played for the San Diego Chargers, the Detroit Lions, Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. Wow.
1: Still as a, a defensive end?
0: As a defensive end, I actually uh, got to the point where I could play anything on the defensive line. So I actually have played in an NFL game at every position on the defensive line.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess what's that like? Um, I can't say I've ever had the opportunity to, to ask somebody this question. Like being able to go all the way from Little League all the way to like the biggest stage that people know for football.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's the same game. Obviously, it's different levels to it, but it's the same game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it still requires 11 on the field. Yeah, you still have the same positions, um, the knowledge and, and technique and skill and fundamentals. You um, have had to acquire over the years are on full display every day. The mental get part of the game becomes more critical critical the higher you go the higher the level you go and that's something that uh you know for me I always try I was always trying to perfect my craft so Um, yeah, I ended up having a pretty good career. um, And then enough that I knew that I had something to give back. And that's why I went into coaching.
1: Gotcha. So you, you transitioned from being in the league to saying, okay, now I want to do coaching and and not like overstaying. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. And it it kind of happened. It wasn't just an abrupt ending to playing. Mm -hmm. When I was back in the weight room during the off season, I would go back to the weight room back at my college, University of Missouri, and work out, be in the weight room all the time, all day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eventually helping the coaches coach my former teammates. And it's something that I enjoyed. I think my strength and conditioning coaches saw something in me Mm -hmm. that gave them the idea and impression that I would be a good college strength and conditioning coach. And going into my third year, the head strength and conditioning coach said, hey, if things don't work out, um, at the time I was with the Denver Broncos, if things don't work out, I want you to come back here and work out. And And wait, work for me in the weight room. So I actually had a job offer waiting uh, for when my career ended, or it was in the process of, you know. Uh, ending. Right. Uh, so it, it took maybe another year and a half before I was done actually playing uh, football. But I was in grad school at the same time while I was a professional athlete, working um, and being a strength and conditioning coach in the weight room back at my my alma mater. Right. And so for me, it was a it was a smooth transition. I had a chance to actually experiment and try out what it is that I would be doing for the next twenty plus years, and had the right people to help me out and get started.
1: Man, that's awesome. And that, I guess that's part of what drives you to do what you're able to do now, giving back to new athletes that are coming up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and there were things that I learned along the way. There were things that were, available to me to learn that I didn't learn, just didn't know they were important to learn mm. at that, at that moment. And for me as a coach, that's what I spent a lot of time emphasizing was those things that we would typically just kind of gloss over mm-hmm. and ignore sometimes or not place the right amount of importance or value on that specific instance or lesson or, uh, Whatever, whatever we skill, fundamental, or life lesson, whatever it is, um, you know, just being immature, mm. um, thinking we might know more than what we we do at the time. That's what I. I spent a lot of my time making sure I was highlighting those moments. Like, this is a moment when you're probably thinking, hey, coach, what are you talking about? I'm telling you right now, this is a moment. What I'm saying, if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss it and you're going to be upset at yourself. And so just taking that approach really grabs the attention. It grabbed the attention of the young people I was working with. Um, And and it's something they respected. It's something uh, they knew that, you know here i'm i'm putting it out there this is something that me or my teammates missed so don't miss it right
1: that's awesome i, I guess I guess one of of many things I appreciate about you is not only your ability to coach, but to be a a teacher in that same regard, because um, I guess I feel like coaches seem to have just as much impact, if not more impact on us than than our teachers or our parents might just because of the the amount of time you spent with them, whether it's like after school, practicing all those trips during the games in the weight room and things like that. And I, I interviewed one of my high school coaches. Or yeah, my high school wrestling coach um, before, and one of the things that kind of stood out to me, I, I was asking like, why is it that it was so important to him to come all the way to a small town where like the wrestling program that that's the sport that I got better at than football or track that I ran after wrestling. And initially, you would think like, oh, you're six foot two, tall, lanky, like you could put some muscle on you and things like that. But wrestling was the sport that kind of stood out. But I didn't start putting muscle on until junior year senior year and he had us like running and just doing all these like actually working out like to where we could compete with schools from atlanta and schools from across the country but um i guess sometimes kind of going through the process when you're just being told oh like just do this hard work it's hard to grasp at times that you need that to get through life and not just the games you're gonna play because i guess more times than not it seems like things are just handed to you, even if it's like you don't get what you want in the moment or, um, oh, this could be so much easier. Let me just let me just Uber eats something like I don't have to walk two miles in the snow like my parents said they did or things like that. But it, it feels like the path of least resistance is always preferable. But through sports, through strength training, through lifting weights, things like that. It always seems like it's a it's an appropriate way, especially for a young man to learn how to build the muscle of resistance because when the world comes at you, it's not always nice And it's not just waiting to pat you on the back like mom would and kind of just look out for you. And even for some people, your dad, if they're in your life, they might um, do a good job of taking care of you. But your parents, they they can shelter you a little much. So it it was good to see like how your mom did for you to say, hey, you're going to go play football and you need to be there on time to not miss this opportunity of life.
0: Yeah. You, you said something that reminds me of a quote I've heard. You can't teach. You can't coach what you don't teach. And, and so coaches are teachers. Um, my one of my mentors, Dr. Rick McGuire, says that uh, most of the kids or a lot of kids or some of the kids in geometry class, don't want geometry, but most of the kids that come out for a sport team want sport. So here you have a different audience. Um, you know, throughout the day, if you if you are high school teacher and coach. You're teaching a class where most kids don't want that. But then after school or before school, those same kids want what it is that you have to help them with. Right. So co- teachers, um, n- not all teachers are coaches, not all coaches. The best coaches should be teachers. And, and that's something that uh, you can't coach what you don't teach. So you got you have to teach them first so right. you can then coach them.
1: And I, I guess even to that to that level, it seems like you can't really teach unless you're willing to learn that yourself and improve upon your skills, because if you if you continue to teach the same things over and over, people know they're like, we heard this before, like you're saying the same things over and over. And unless like you're unless you have proof that what you're saying works, people are like, hmm, if it was so great, why why didn't you make it or why didn't you do it? Like for you yourself, you can be like, OK, I not only played the the sport but I went to all the levels you can get to and here's how I did it and um even so like you mentioned being in graduate school like you're not just um you don't just have like the sports credentials but you also have like the academic credentials yeah
0: I think that's important now, my parents always stressed academics so uh. It was never, well, you need to get a college degree. You need to get a master's. It was just education is the key to life. That was it. And for me, um, something you just said, I was writing it down just now to go along with you can't coach what you don't teach. I'm writing down you can't teach what you don't learn. Mm. And I, we have to continue to learn in order to teach uh, it's how you stay connected with those you're trying to reach. And, you yeah. know, if, if you think you know it all and there's nothing to learn, that's going to come across. And, and and there are times when I learn from my athletes um, and when we, there are times when I was supposed to learn from my athletes. And, and that's important. It, it's it's a relationship that that goes back and forth. There's there. Everyone has their role. So it's mm-hmm. not that the students or the athletes are the coaches or teachers. And it's that you can learn from them.
1: I know you got your your doctorates. That's why you're Dr. Pat Ivey. Why is it that you, you pursued that, I guess, in the same vein of education?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it comes from my experiences. I realized that when I got to the highest level, there was a level, there was some mental skills. I watched the best of the best have and, and, and use to their advantage. Mm that I was still trying to use my physical skills to compete with the best of the best physically mm-hmm. and some of them were really good mentally from a mental performance standpoint and I realized a lot of that I had done myself I that was I was self-taught or things I learned by just observing others but there is formal education on on mental performance and sports psychology so for once we got to the, to the championship game and what we were doing was not enough for the <laughs> second year in a row, and then one of the team captains basically called me out and us out, not in a negative way, but coach, you... We've done everything we're supposed to do. We've worked hard. No one does it better. We believe it. What's missing? And at the time, I'm thinking like, I don't know what's missing, but I need to find out because you're looking at me like, friend. you're looking at me for answers mm-hmm. because I've told you that I have answers. And those answers happen to be in textbooks, in classrooms, uh, research papers, science. And um, that's where I went to to uh, gain that knowledge. And it started with me just attending class and within... Oh, a short period of time within about three weeks of me taking my first class. I said, Oh, I'm if I've started this, I'm going to finish it. And that's that's uh, that's what I did.
1: Gotcha. So y- you went in initially just to y- you went to take a class just to figure out like what the missing piece was, but then something told you it's like this, I've got to finish this, this right here.
0: Yes. It, and um, actually, one, um, it was me and one of my assistants, we both. Uh, went in it together at the same time, taking uh, the cl- taking classes and learning a lot and and really understanding what we were missing. and um, yeah, so three years later, I finished up, wrote a, um dissertation, I studied elite NFL football players. like mm-hmm. so once again, I wanted I, I was going backwards in time to help me move forward in the future and going back in time was to understand. I, I was going backwards in time to understand what it is that I was missing mm-hmm. um, compared to these teammates of mine who were NFL MVPs, Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers, and what it is that they had that I didn't have. Because as a coach, I still carry with me my experiences and whatever I didn't have wasn't a part of my coaching um, toolbox. So that's what I use my dissertation for, to go back and study the, study some elite NFL football players. I just so happened to have coached them at Mm. that time. And there were things that obviously we had done as a program that allowed them to reach the level they were at and I wanted to study that so that I could then um, capture it mm-hmm. and be able to replicate
1: it this this was while you were at the University of Missouri correct gotcha awesome yeah. it what's interesting is like when when you mention it um, I guess on face value there there are a lot of things that uh, I would say I don't know as it relates to either like sports or just like popular uh, what's the word like people that are that are well known like for instance I didn't know that Shaq was a PhD until I I read like a a excerpt or something. And even hearing like a lot of the the little clips that pop up online where people will go back into the record books or they'll go back into the reels and then they'll pull something that someone says. And it's like, okay, like on the outside, a lot of times I've seen Um, when you, especially when you talk like in engineering circles, you see there are some athletes that become engineers, but, or people that are, have an, an athletic background because it's like the discipline it takes to do that. You can easily apply into your studies as to whatever it is you're gonna do, and I, I can think back to at least um, I can think back to at least one athlete that I met while I was at Tech, and he played on the tennis team. So it's like they had practices in the mornings, and then they would you would go and attend all his classes and things like that. As to where for like a lot of the football players and things, they'd have a harder time being able to actually pursue a degree because of how rigorous the um, their their routine was like having to get up do two a days three days throughout the week in preparation for game day and um, I guess I, I said all that to say it makes it more of a pleasure to have these conversations like with yourself and with other people because the more I get around people like from the first time I had my first job in landscaping, being able to work with um, a close friend of the family that's still a landscaper till this day. And just the amount of detail and attention that goes into like understanding.
0: So my dog is going crazy in the background. So I apologize.
1: No problem. For some reason it dropped off there for a second. Yeah. But I guess all I was just trying to say was that um, I always find value in talking with people individually, despite their background, Because it's like you always learn something more and more interesting. Because, like, if you just look at things face value, you might think, oh, like football players or athletes, I'm sure, like, (laughs) men or women look at men like, oh, why do you guys love the sports or whatnot? It's like there's there's value in it where even women that love sports, it's like there's some inherent value in it where it's like you have the struggle, but you have the ability to um, engage your mind in different ways where it's like even at the point where your body won't go, like being able to push past that. And when you you fast forward it present day to like having to step out of the book, like when you're in a coaching perspective now, it's like you're having to delegate, so to speak, like you can't get on the field, or you're not getting on the field per se, and saying, okay, now I'm going to play this position. Although you could play all the O-line or all the defensive line positions at one point, like you couldn't play them all simultaneously. So like you were saying, you have to be able to engage well in that role that you have at, at that time. And like just thinking, okay, I'm the coach on this team and I'm helping my guys get here. But We're getting here to this point, but we're falling short. Okay, what can I do to add to the mix? Okay, let me go and look at other people that have done it, study them and be able to pull information from there and apply it in a further way that that's impressive.
0: So one of the things that I, that that society culture I feel like it tries to do is put us in boxes and put us in categories that makes it easier for them to identify with. You talked about being an engineer. The way I like to do things is I'm also an engineer. I'm also you're also a coach. You're also a teacher. Um, this um, equipment right behind me over my shoulder is a rack. It actually has two devices on it that measures bar speed in terms of meters per second. So I can look at peak velocity or average velocity. One of the systems communicates through Wi-Fi, has two cameras on it, records the movement and gives me watts it gives me um, velocities it gives me work it gives me power outputs and um, the other one uh, and it takes into account angular velocity. the other one does not take into account angular velocity and it is a ground-based unit it's a um, linear transducer so um, so I can speak that language too mm-hmm. and 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 you're like oh man this this is getting me going. Uh, But but the truth is, as human beings, we all have these interconnected um, uh, aspects or or, um, components to us. And a lot of times we are told and we're, hey, no, you're you fit over here and you fit over there. And the truth is, we're all connected. We're all connected in some kind of way, mentally, spiritually. We're connected. So I would just tell people. Don't let put, don't let what society says you should be and how you should go about things. Otherwise, I would have never, I shouldn't have gone back to get my doctorate in sports psychology while I was a strength and conditioning coach. As a matter of fact, our national organization speaks against it. Like you, we don't we don't encourage dual certification. Like seriously, wow. as people and as athletes and as parents, and we're expected to be a lot. Right. And as professionals, we're expected to be one thing. Like it, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't make sense. I understand from how you pay someone for their services, but to me, that's a, that that's that's a limiting mindset. And mm-hmm. when it comes to um, being elite at what we do. We won't get there if we just do what is expected or the way um, society tells us to do it. We have to make our own paths and, and follow them and um, hold ourselves accountable to to grow.
1: Awesome. I like that. And one last question I have for you. What is something you gained from 2020?
0: I gained a lot from 2020. Um, gained something for 2020 that I would not have gained um, without 2020, um, the, the, the ability to adapt, the ability to grow, the, the ability to operate knowing that we don't have the amount of control we think we had, um, time. I gained time. I gained reorganization. I gained, um, paradigm shifts. I, I gained a lot. Uh, I gained more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I gained new processes and procedures. Um, I gained new relationships. Uh, I gained, um, an improved, uh, improved self of, who I am and who I want to be and how I can help others I maximize 2020 to the best of my ability awesome
1: and I, I know we didn't get to the entrepreneurial piece, but um, can you let the people know where they can find you and tell them a little bit more about what you do?
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm trying to help people maximize their human potential. And I've, I'm doing that through uh, my company, Pat Ivy Performance. And you can find um, us on uh, online at pativy.com. So P-A-T-I-V-E-Y.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take care. You too.
0: You've been listening to the It's My Time Podcast with Asher Chua. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And you can connect with Asher at itsmytimepodcast.com or on Instagram at itsmytimepodcast. We'll see you here next time.